Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we will be discussing the recent Neuroform article, Beyond the Sleep, Amyloid Interactions in Alzheimer's Disease Pathogenesis. Before we begin, let's meet our guests. Hi, I am Shen Ning. I am a MD-PhD student at Boston University, jointly with the Genetics and Aging Research Unit at Mass General Hospital and Harvard Medical School. I'm currently in my PhD years, and before I go back to my clinical rotations, I would like to better understand Alzheimer's disease pathology and develop a potential new therapy for AD to better help my future patients. Hi, Bill. Thank you for having us. It's our pleasure to speak about this breakthrough in science. By the way, I'm Mehdi Jorfi. I'm part of a team of scientists at Mass General Hospital and Harvard Medical School who has been working to find a cure of Alzheimer's disease for over a decade. So I think about this all the time. Throughout my career, I have been very excited to understand the most complex organ in our body using bioengineering techniques and new tools. Can you give us a brief introduction to research on amyloid beta, tau, and Alzheimer's disease? Sure. Alzheimer's disease is a progressive brain disorder that damages and eventually destroys brain cells, leading to memory loss, changes in a person's thoughts, speech, and the ability to carry out normal daily activities. It is the sixth leading cause of death in the U.S., and between 2000 and 2014, deaths from AD has increased by 89%. And the number of people living with AD is growing and growing remarkably fast. An estimated 5.5 million Americans of all ages have AD. Additionally, the costs of healthcare and long-term care for individuals with AD are substantial. Total payments in 2017 for all individuals with Alzheimer's or other dementias was estimated to be $259 billion. And more than 15 million Americans provide unpaid care for people with AD and other dementia. Pathologically speaking, when we look at healthy brain and the brain tissue of Alzheimer's patients under the microscope, we can see the real physical damage caused by this disease. We remember that Dr. Alzheimer found strange plaques and tangles in Augusta's brain a century ago. For almost a century, we didn't know much about this. Today we know they are made of protein molecules. You can imagine a protein molecule as a piece of paper that normally folds into an elaborate piece of origami. There are spots on the paper that are sticky, and when it folds correctly, these sticky bits end up on the inside. But sometimes things go wrong, and some sticky bits are on the outside. This causes the protein molecules to stick to each other, forming clumps that eventually become large plaques and tangles. That's what we see in the brains of Alzheimer's patients. What is the connection between Alzheimer's disease and sleep disruption? We already know that a good night's sleep is very important for memory consolidation and clearing metabolic wastes from the brain. Sleep disruption, however, is a well-documented symptom in AD patients at the preclinical and later stages of the disease. Many studies suggest that AD patients may lose the ability to stay asleep during the night or keep alert during the day as the disease worsens. As Shen clearly pointed out, the disease can disrupt a patient's sleep pattern. In fact, when someone has a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, 
the patient has a sleep disturbances, insomnia, circadian rhythm disorders that predate the diagnosis of the disease by a decade. Our circadian rhythm is our internal clock, telling us when to sleep and when to wake up. If a patient's circadian rhythm is affected by AD pathology, they often sleep during the day. Actually, their pattern can be disrupted and sometimes they do end up sleeping more. Thus, keeping the patient's sleep schedule on track is very important. And having a regular wake-up time, getting light in the morning, and having a good routine during the evening to try to reinforce night sleep. Is there a link between sleep disruption and amyloid beta? Well, in healthy humans, brain imaging studies have found a relationship between self-reports of poor sleep quality and high amyloid accumulation in the brain. And this can go both ways. While sleep disruption can increase amyloid beta accumulation, higher levels of A-beta can also lead to impairments in sleep. These strategies that limit A-beta accumulation in the brain could promote healthy brain aging and could be useful in preventing AD in the future. One example, in a recent study using brain imaging, the scientists showed that just one night of sleep deprivation can result in a significant increase in A-beta in brain regions involved with A-beta pathology. This is additionally supported by other studies in which amyloid beta levels in the cerebrospinal fluid were found to be higher prior to sleep and lower after waking. This tells us that deep sleep disruption can increase A-beta accumulation not only in the brain tissue, but also in the cerebrospinal fluid. What are the recent findings regarding tau and sleep disruption? Until now, most previous studies have mostly focused on amyloid and its relationship with sleep disruption. But in a recent study published in Science, the Holtzman Group from Washington University in St. Louis found that tau in the fluid around neurons, or the interstitial fluid, are increased in mice when they're kept awake during their normal sleep period. They also found that tau levels rose with increased neuronal activity and that silencing specific neurons during a period of sleep deprivation can prevent that surge. Even more interestingly, stimulating neurons in a brain region that controls the sleep-wake cycle kept the animals awake and also increased the tau levels. Also, what's more in the field is that, according to a paper published in Science Translational Medicine by the same group, we see even in people who are cognitively normal, brain scans correlated both the amyloid and tau pathologies with poor sleep quality. We also already know that slow-wave sleep, which is part of the deep sleep cycle, is a critical for memory consolidation. You can think of deep sleep like a mail delivery service. During the day, your mailroom collects package. This mailroom is your hippocampus, a temporary storage space in your brain. The packages are bits of information you have learned during the day, like a person's name. When you fall into a deep sleep, you start up delivering package from your mailroom to the permanent addresses in your brain outside of the hippocampus. But if your deep sleep is disrupted, like in AD patients, you will fail to get those package to their intended destination. And the contents of those package might be lost forever because right after deep sleep is a period of light sleep. And light sleep is like the mailroom cleaning staff. Its job is to clear the hippocampus every day, 
What is interesting here is the same work showed that disrupted slow-wave sleep is correlated with higher tau protein in 80 patients. In fact, people with higher tau levels sleep longer at night but require more naps during the day, which means their normal sleep cycle is interrupted and less restful. And we believe this is very interesting finding because it opens more doors for future research on sleep disruption as a potential biomarker at early stage of Alzheimer's disease. Tell us about the future directions for research that you suggest in your article. Today of the top causes of death worldwide, Alzheimer's is the only one we cannot prevent, cure, or even slow down. Currently, there are behavioral and drug therapies that may treat its symptoms. In our view, there are several advantages in developing therapies targeted at sleep modification. First of all, sleep modification is inexpensive and non-invasive method. Also, it can target AD at earlier stage to prevent cognitive decline and dementia. And last but not least, as sleep disruption is implicated in a variety of diseases, the same approach may be adopted for the prevention of other diseases. Absolutely, and this is indeed very promising. However, there are still many questions that remain to be answered in the near future. For example, would increasing the duration of deep sleep be effective to alleviate the symptoms and prevent disease? At which stage of the disease, if any, would sleep alterations be no longer adequate as a therapy? Also, how can one best combine our current understanding of sleep rhythmic patterns with other diagnostic markers to accurately diagnose, predict, and track disease progression such that AD may become a chronically managed disease similar to diabetes or hypertension? So although integration of sleep and AD is still in its infancy, we believe sleep and AD research is really a vital convergence point for basic science and translational therapeutics. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article, Beyond the Sleep, Amyloid Interactions in Alzheimer's Disease Pathogenesis, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. 